Just two more weeks and we'll be live in the Universal Studios Florida Resort as well as Disney World. Follow us on Twitter to get live updates or stay tuned a couple of weeks after we get back to post show information about it. Welcome back to These Amazing Places podcast. This is show number 125 for the week of Monday, September 13th, 2010. This is Adam, and here's Doug. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Today we're going to be doing the Library of Congress. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's actually a conglomeration of buildings that are in Washington, D.C. So if you don't know anything more than that about it, uh, or if you do know something about it, and you're just not sure what all, that's what this show's for. So yeah. sit back and uh, kind of get yourself into a comfy seat and have a listen. Have you seen our latest pictures at Flickr? Well, you can. Just go to our website, click on the Photos tab, and it'll take you from there. Enjoy. Also, if you want to follow us live when we're in Universal Studios or Disney these next coming weeks, you can always go to twitter.com slash amazingplaces. Follow us on Twitter there or just keep watching the webpage if you don't want to join Twitter and see what we're up to. All righty, then we'll start like we always do on these DC shows. The fact that you were there short just not too long ago and uh, I have not been there in a while. But anyway, uh, we've got some information. Before we start off, I just want to say... Do you have photos? Do you have videos? Are those yeah, going to be have, up? I do have photos. No, I do not have photos of the library side. They actually stick you. When you go into the library side, you'll walk through a little arch. They stick you in a glass box. Everybody is in this glass box. Yeah. And that's to seal out noises and stuff. And they absolutely order you no pictures. Okay. And no, no, not even just flash photography. No pictures. Okay. And no, uh, uh, no video. Okay. Nothing. They don't even want to see your phones up to take pictures. All so. right. Well, in that case, then let's uh, just start off. I like this frequently asked questions that we always begin with because it starts off right at the beginning of the show. It lets everybody know right away. You don't have to dive into the details if you don't want to, but I like starting off with that. So uh, let's do that. Okay. And uh, let's, let's go see. to cost. Let's go to cost. There? Yes. Free. Uh, okay. There are now, uh, and I'll jump back into this more later, but there are, I believe, six buildings that comprise the Library of Congress. There's more than just the one. I could be wrong. I'll, I'll look here a little bit later into the notes, but it's free to get into every one of those. Um, now, technically, when I say the Library of Congress uh, and I talk about those buildings, they are gorgeous, opulent buildings. The architecture and stuff in there is incredible. Mm -hmm. So I've got a couple quick videos that will uh, kind of pan across and show you a little bit of the building outside of where the library area is, but it's still considered that building. Okay. Uh, so you can see some of the architecture. I've got quite a few pictures, too, uh, cool. that I took on the opposite side. Okay. So, so the architecture, the design, the paintings, the, the place is incredible. Cool. So anyway. Okay, because while we're kind of on that, how about parking? Is parking very easy to get parking to? Parking is a nightmare. Okay. And I still say traffic is a nightmare all over Washington, D.C. Uh -huh. um, obviously, there are slower times that you can go there, but a lot of times if you want to go with your kids, 
that's not during the slow times. That's when they're out of school and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I, once again, will go on to the hop on, hop off bus. Just get tickets and go on that. As I, we've talked about before, uh, I think it's $50, $40 a day. And then I think it was a different rate for kids, maybe 20 something for kids. Um, but you, you're not. Uh, restricted by a certain amount of time that you have in each place. Yep. Uh, you can just spend the whole day in these buildings if you want and hop back on and boom, you're done. You okay. go back to your stop and you head back to your hotel. Okay. How can, uh, you can't, I'm assuming you can't just go, show up and walk in, right? Yes, you can. You can, but... Into these buildings, you can. Okay. Uh, well, it's that thing that you have to get a library card to get in. Oh, now, okay. That's what I'm talking now, about. If you want to go into the library to yeah, actually yeah. handle the books, okay? Yeah. Um, the Okay, first of all, none of these, I'll just say it here, first of all, publicly, they do not circulate any of the books from the Library of Congress publicly. Okay. Um, so you can't really get them that way by saying, yeah, I'm at my local library and I want to order something from there. But their electronic media side is growing by leaps and bounds. It's okay. huge. Mm -hmm. So go on there. I think it's still kind of clunky. But if you spend some time with it, you can look up all kinds of stuff, and you can actually retrieve documents and stuff electronically and see where they've scanned them in. You can see the things that you want to see okay. uh, right from there. Um, let's see. So, but so if you would I, like to go in and look at the books, mm -hmm. first of all, all Congress member, congressional member, all 535 members, and their staff uh, are the people who are generally in there. Lawyers, stuff like that, that work basically with their staff and the congressional members. Uh, but if you would like to go in there, you can get a library card into the Library of Congress building at the Madison building. And we'll speak about it a little more later. I don't believe it costs you anything. So you okay. just have to apply for it, and then you can go in. Okay. Just like any member. That's great. If we're going to talk a little later, I just want to know what's the difference between not getting a library card and not getting in? Is there actual. You, yeah, you the can The touristy get in. places that you can go, is that nice and can you do that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can go so in there you, without having. So if card. I show up tomorrow and I don't have a library card, I can at least see the place, see maybe the inside a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because what you'll do when you walk in, especially to the main building, um, I think, which is the Jefferson building. Uh, they, you kind of come out when you walk through the little arch doors I was talking about into the glass box. Mm -hmm. You're way up on a balcony, basically above everybody, and so you're looking down on the library at that point. Oh, you'll okay. see the immensity and how it looks and all that. Uh, so you definitely you can't miss that. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, but you will not be able to walk in and touch any of the uh, publications, anything that's in there okay. until you get a card. Okay, that I think covers the bonus, mainly the basic information that I thought would be helpful for a first-time tourist, like you know, or even like myself who hasn't been there in a long time. This so, is, I mean, honestly, if you're into architectural detail, you could spend forever and never go in to even try to look at the books. Yeah, there are so many things in there that I mean, you all can right. look forever. I say you got tons of notes. Let's start on them because if not, we're going to be here forever, and right. I would like to cover as much as we can. Okay, first of all, it so. is in Washington D.C. It was established. In 1800, and we'll go through some of the history. Uh, the building that you'll see uh, now was not the one that was constructed in 1800, and we'll give the reasons for that. Uh, okay, the collection size that they have there is they have 21,814,555 cataloged books in the Library of Congress uh, classification system. 11,701,147 books are in large type and raised characters, and then they have something here that I'd never heard of. It's called Incunabula, which are books that were printed before 1501. Adam and I had a little bit of discussion about, yeah. wow, will they let you touch those? They might. I mean, there, there's nothing that I've seen here mm -hmm. uh, that says that you can't. Uh, anyway, uh, so they have monograph serials, music-bound 
newspapers, pamphlets, technical reports, and other printed material, uh, and 109,029,796 items in the non-classified special collections. Uh, a lot of times, what this, well, you know, I'll just go into it later, but a lot of the stuff, the publications in there, might not be things that you go into your absolute library to go see. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they're expanding their electronic media side. Uh, just because they put more of maybe the things that people would use for research uh, instead of, you know, what a lot of the stuff they have in there might be research on government, uh, the government in England at the time. Right. And how stuff happened to set precedent years, years ago. Okay. Anyway, uh, total, they have 142,544,498 total items uh, in, uh, in their use. Within the library, as I said before, uh, the library does not publicly publicly circulate any of its goods. Uh, the populations that are served right now are 535 members of the United States Congress, their staff, and members of the public. As we discussed, you get a card at the Madison Building, and you can go in. Their budget. This was whopping when I saw it. I could not believe it. Their budget is 613 million four hundred ninety-six thousand four hundred fourteen dollars a year. So I found that, I mean, we're talking about almost a billion dollars to run just this organization. That's crazy, Um, but at the same time, there's a little bit of preservation involved that I'm sure is quite expensive that has to be done in a very accurate way. You see the size of this building, too. Mm -hmm. And it's it's immaculately taken care of. So, And that all costs money. Uh, Okay, uh, let's see here. Their staff uh, is currently 3,624 people. If you do want to go to their absolute website for the Library of Congress, it is www.loc, as in Library of Congress.gov, G-O-V. Uh, let's see here. It is the Library of Congress is the research library of the United States Congress, de facto national library of the United States, and it is the oldest federal cultural institution in the United States. It is located, here's where, see, I was wrong, located in three buildings in Washington, D.C., it is the largest library in the world by shelf space and holds the largest number of books. The head of the library is the Library of Congress. And I'll give you his name. His name currently is James H. Billington. Okay, it was established, as I said, in 1800. And uh, let's see here. It was housed in the United States Capitol for the most, most of the 19th century. After much of the original collection had been destroyed during the War of 1812. Isn't that amazing? The wow. War of 1812, Thomas Jefferson sold 6,487 books out of his own personal collection to the library in 1815. I don't know how much people know about John Thomas Jefferson, but he was a reader outside of what anybody had known at that time. He didn't just sit down and read like the fine works of certain things. This guy read science novels. He read architectural novels, engineering. This guy was... He was well-read. He was a genius in many, many facets. Mm. And so, of course, he had a library that wasn't matched by anybody at the time. Most people were lucky if they had 10 books in their home. He spent a life collecting these these books. Uh, Let's see. After a period of decline during the mid-19th century, the Library of Congress began to grow rapidly in both size and importance after the American Civil War, culminating in the construction of a separate library building and the transference of all copyright deposit holdings to the library. Uh, let's see. During the rapid expansion of the 20th century, the Library of Congress assumed a preeminent public role, becoming a library of last resort and expanding its mission to the benefit of scholars and the American people. 
So that kind of gives it a little bit of an example when I said that a lot of the stuff that they hold in there may not be things that most people are looking for. And right. it might be. I, it depends on where your research field is. Uh, I think that if you get your kids into it, if they're doing research projects uh, for school or for college, it would be an incredible resource to learn how to use. Most people are not going there, I do not believe, and using this as a resource for research papers. And so many times you could probably even scan and print documents that uh, would astound people. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's done that often. And as I said, I thought that it was a little bit clunky, but with some work you could get through it. I think it would be definitely be worth it. Uh, let's see here. They, okay, the library's primary mission is researching inquiries made by members of Congress through the Congressional Research Service, as I just said. Uh, hence the reason why the, a lot of the stuff that they store there. Uh, although it is open to the public, only members of Congress, Supreme Court justices, and other high-ranking government officials may check out books. So you can't – yeah, you can never take them out. Hence, that would put them into public circulation. So when it says check out, that means they can – Yeah, you can only look at them if you're oh. a public member. Mm -hmm. Just within the library, you cannot take them out. Yeah. You can check them out, so – as a de facto national library, the Library of Congress promotes literacy in American literature through projects such as the American Folklife Center, American Memory uh, Center for the Book and Poet Laureate. Uh, and then basically I've got some notes here to where it breaks down each building, uh, each of the three. And the first one is the Thomas Jefferson Building. Before I move on, do you, is there anything that's come to mind? That you no, I, I just would like to understand uh, what would be the best if I was going to tour this place. Jefferson what? Building. Okay. I would so, start there. But now if you want to get in, remember, you, you have to go to the Madison Building and get yeah. your card. I think it would be cool. I wanted to when I was there just to be able to walk through the doors mm -hmm. of it. It's amazing. I, I'll show you. You'll see the pictures when they come up along with this show. Mm -hmm. uh, just to see it, it was absolutely amazing. Well, I, I agree. I think that there would be different degrees of how interested you would be for our audience out there. And I'm, I just want to kind of cut a you know, get into some of them may not want to actually look ahead of time, get a library card. Some may want to dive in more and see each building and some may be really in depth and want right. to spend hours at this place. So as you go to this next part with the three buildings, kind of go what you think would be maybe like the moderately interested and then the extremely and I think they, advanced. They kind of did that so. as it's broken down. Here okay. Even. So then, the Thomas and Je Jefferson building is, uh, let's see, is located between Independence Avenue and East Capitol Street on 1st Street Southeast. It opened in 1897 as the main building of the library and is the oldest of the three buildings. Known originally as the Library of Congress building or main building, it took its present name on June 13, 1980. Not all that long ago when you think about that. I know yeah. it is to some people who were born in like 1991. Well, compared so. to when it started in the 1800s, I think right. it's not too long ago. So, okay, next we have the John Adams building. And the John Adams Building is located between Independence Avenue and East Capitol Street on Second Street. These are not all that far apart. So when I'm I talking was about ask buildings, that, as yeah, you suggest, you're not yeah. walking miles to get from place to place. And there's incredible stuff to see even along the along the way. Uh, it opened in 1938 as an annex to the main building between April 13, 1976, and June 13, 1980. The John Adams Building was known as the Thomas Jefferson Building. So essentially, it's just moved. Yep. Moved over. Uh, the James Madison Memorial Building. This is the one now where you get your cards. 
Uh, the James Madison Memorial Building is located between 1st and 2nd Streets on Independence Avenue Southeast. It opened on May 28, 1980 as the new headquarters of the library. The James Madison Memorial Building also serves as the official, official memorial to James Madison. It houses, among other materials, the Law Library of Congress. And then, actually, there is a fourth building here called the Packard Campus for Audiovisual Conservation. Uh, let's see here. It, uh, the Packard Campus for Audiovisual Conservation is the library of Congress's newest building, opened in 2007 and located in Culpeper, Virginia. Okay, so this one is uh, quite a piece away. Okay. This one's actually in Virginia. It was constructed out of a former Federal Reserve storage center and Cold War bunker. The campus is designed to act as a single site to store all of the library's movie, television, and sound collections. This sounds like the place, I think. For people who are in the media, you think about the things that you can yeah, come up with there. But it doesn't help you if you're just in D.C. And I'm That's almost, true. I'm thinking, I'm, though, because I started pulling things out that were media-related, television and stuff, uh, let's say on Walt Disney, things like that, from their site. And I would bet that a lot of their electronic media is coming out of this building. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you wanted to physically go there... I would I would venture to believe maybe I'm wrong, but the bus doesn't go there. That tour bus that you can pay one right. a day, I'm sure it doesn't go there. So you only get to the three main no, buildings. You're probably right. Okay, yeah. I have a question. When you get, are you done no, with the buildings? Ahead. Yeah, and then we'll, I want to well, know: we'll, is there a difference between each building? Like, does one have certain amount of timeline, or does it say? No, in there? all of them. You mean all as far as how long you can spend in the building? No, or? no. Like, say for example, the main building has 1800s and older, or. Or oh, what's no. the difference between yeah, them? The difference between them is what's stored in them. So and it has nothing to do with age. So what is stored in them? Okay, is it well, like so? Okay, so the do you uh, know the one that I just gave you, the audiovisual center, stores basically stuff that would have to do with. Let me see what it says. Well, audiovisual. Yeah, uh, libraries, movie, television, and sound collections. Okay, that's what's stored in that building. What about the other three uh, that are actually okay. in DC? And so then the Madison building is basically the headquarters of it all. So it's probably going to have a lot of the offices and stuff that would suit to that plus obviously they're handling library cards so it would be more like your administrative your main desk if you walked yeah. into uh, yeah here and then i know the Je uh, john adams building is let's see here it's an annex to the main building so it's basically an addition where they've it's overflow okay from their from the jefferson yeah building. i guess you don't know what well, i'm asking is just the material that's inside you know yeah like, the, and the jefferson so. building just has all of the older books text and stuff like that but a lot of it was law library stuff Okay. And so, hence the reason why, yeah. All right. It also has this collection in it, uh, but it's behind glass, so it's not even used. The original 6,400 right. books that he sold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the way, too, I think he sold those to the library for maybe $25,000, and that was, I mean, the well, 1800s. of course, uh, it's going to be a good check well, of money. a lot of people so. bristled. Even my wife bristles at that. When she first read that, she thought that because... Jefferson was penniless when he did it. Oh, I didn't and know that. And so she thought that uh, she thought that he just basically set up the government basically to just make money off of. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't have a lot of respect for that. But there's other. Well, it reminds me of like uh, what you call it, the story on uh, Arlington Cemetery, how Lee had some of it, the land, and then they sold it and then sold it and bought it back, and it was just like, well, yeah, okay. you never know. And there Whatever. are, I mean, if you read bet between the lines, a lot of times with that stuff. You get the true story. Yeah. So, and That's honestly, fine. I mean, Jefferson loved his books, so to give those up yeah. was a lot, uh, I think, even for the money. 
Sorry, they were 6,400 books. Mm-hmm. When people owned 10 at the time, I think it was, yeah. think okay. it was great of him. Uh, what else you got? Okay, that's... it talks here a little bit, too, of course, about the Library of Congress Reading Room. It's open to the general public for academic research and tourists. Uh, only those who issued a reader identification card may enter the reading rooms and access the collection. The reader identification card is available in the Madison Building. Uh, two persons who are at least 16 years of age upon presentation of a government-issued picture identification, e.g. driver's license, state ID, or passport. Uh, however, only members of Congress, as we've said before, have the right to actually remove items from the library. Uh, members of the general public with reader identification cards must use items from the library collection inside the reading rooms only. They cannot remove library items from the reading rooms or the library buildings. Uh, there's Is- so is that exactly what you were talking about when you said that's a library card? Yep. Okay. And that's, so that's the that's same what thing. you get to do. So there is the restrictions that right. I didn't realize had to be 16 years or older and all that stuff. Actually, that's, I'm surprised it was even 16. Well. I mean, I know some 16-year-olds. I don't know. I know, mm. but they got to figure if you're responsible enough to drive that, and you have a government-issued driver's license or permit that you probably got something that at least they don't have to go through the work and, yeah. I think that's that would I would do that if I was in charge. Not that I'm in charge or anything. Okay, and the last thing that it says here, since nineteen oh two, libraries in the United States have been able to request books and other items through interlibrary loan from the Library of Congress if these items are not readily available elsewhere. Through this, the Library of Congress has served as a library of last resort, according to former librarian of Congress, Herbert uh, Putnam. But that I see that last statement there still kind of goes against the publicly circulated stuff. Yeah. But probably they do turn out probably as a last resort. You mm-hmm. probably still have to give good reason for why why you would need it. Yeah. So anyway, uh-huh. and that's what I have on it. That's all you got? Yeah, okay. I'm telling you, though, everybody, uh, even outside of the book side, uh, there are statues, there are architecture, there are paintings in this place that it shows its history. It's incredible. Um and I've got a lot of pictures. They have these staircases in the uh, Jefferson building that lead up to the place where you're going to walk through the little door and go into the glass box. These staircases are mammoth, and they're like marble and granite. And mm-hmm. Yeah, the place is amazing. Mm. One thing I thought of that maybe um, I think of like curators and museum people and stuff like, uh, for example, uh, I know Disney does this. Of course, we always bring Disney up, but I have other examples like uh, – uh, here in Columbus, we have the you know like a museum of art and COSI, which is like a science museum, or it's it's that's for kids. But I, what I'm saying is, a museum may rent or borrow a certain like um, whatever you want to call it memorabilia, like or, the Smithsonian does. Like the Smithsonian, and that what they would do is there's actual rules and restrictions to handling and controlling right. and being making certain things available on display. I would have to venture to believe that a lot of the stuff in the Library of Congress has those restrictions on it, which is probably like, in other words, if you are, say you are over 16, you get your ID, you go in and you go read, that may be one way that you can go in and actually see the books, but there's probably, I'm sure, some different things like you have to handle this with white gloves, you have well, to yeah, do you this, have to and you have to It's got to be a labor of love for an archivist. Yeah, oh yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's just like their children every time they turn them out. Yeah. Plus, I mean, these are these are one and only documents, a lot yeah. of them. And so, so you can't be just letting whoever right. 
come over and look through them and page through them and rip the pages or whatever. And, well, yeah. exactly. Plus, and I'm sure that a lot of stuff is removed mm-hmm. from circulation. And that's probably when you're seeing a lot of it scanned and put into electronic media when they feel the need to say, we cannot no longer preserve this yeah. with hands touching it. So we're going to, it'll be placed away probably in vacuum, yeah. in a vacuum uh, uh, chamber, basically, mm-hmm. to try to protect what's left of it. And so I think it's good. Yeah. Well, this reminds me of how, I mean, this is extreme because it's our first document, but the, the Declaration of Independence, how it is handled in, in other words. That's in the, yeah, in the National Archives. It can't be, I forget, we went and saw it. It was just a building that you walked up the steps and you could go in and see it, but it was on display. It was behind so many inches of glass. There was a green light over top of it to preserve preserve it because sunlight actually made it fade. Which you weren't allowed to take flash photography. There was all this stuff. And then on top of that, it's actually, they talk about it in the uh, National Treasure movie and some of that those right. facts are how it's taken down in a chamber yeah yeah it actually, actually is do. closed up taken down in a chamber and so and underneath if you know nuclear bomb went off or whatever it would be protected and right. preserved and there, and there are fake ones that are put up in its place a lot yeah of yeah and i understand that but at the same time not that these are the extreme because this these other documents probably are around similar you know causes where you got old material that was around the time and Thomas Jefferson right. and all that stuff but at the same time it's like well you know if we wanted to make this available to the public so people can actually like see it and keep it in front of their well, eyes you think about this too if stuff. you don't have the original document uh, let's say another hundred years from now at some point people could begin to come forth and say I, I deny that, that ever existed it sounds insane <laughs> well, to whatever. ever say that, but at some point, yeah, if you do not have the preserved original document, it's amazing how somebody can say something like that, and it begins to, it can take uh, take weight on over yeah. time. And I know that sounds crazy, but we're talking about 100, <laughs> well, 200 years from now. No, I don't think that sounds crazy. I'm just saying people are crazy. I mean, <laughs> people are saying that we didn't land on the moon. Right. Give me a break. Yeah. Okay, whatever. You know, it's whatever. I'm just saying, yeah. But at the same time, I would say from my – I'm interested in history and historical accuracy and all that. And keeping those documents around preserves kind of where we are from. And who knows, a thousand years from now, you know, if we have these documents still preserved and we're still a country then, it'd be kind of nice for those people to just say, hey, look back at the, how old our country is. We're proud to be here still and all this stuff. You know, stuff, too, there's so. something I'm going to jump back and that I did not put in the notes, but I did because I planned on just remembering the original 740 books that started the library came from England. Oh. It just astounds me because we fought to separate ourselves. And then actually, you know, in the end, we did coincide with them in many yeah. ways. And so we didn't leave our history behind. Well, um, so I no. thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the history. And if you look at actually, ah, shameless, not a shameless plug, but I'm going to be going to Boston here in November. And a lot of that research I'm kind of doing in my head now for when we go visit is involved with England yep. because Boston, that's what it was. People from England wanted to go to the New World and they came over and England was still involved and it was like, yep. wait a second, you know. Yeah, this isn't going to work. But at the, the same king. time, we got past that and now they helped shape our country and they are kind of like a little bit of our history, which I'm glad that they were a part yep. of our, the beginnings of our Library of Congress. So And they have great accents. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they think that we have accents, yeah, and they probably say those are horrible. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they do. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway. Um, All right. So that is a Library of Congress, really, everybody. I think it was one of the – oh, fantastic gift shop, too, by the way. One oh, of the best. Other than the, about other about than the uh, 
the Washington Museum, basically, which is privately owned, not government owned. This had the second best uh, gift shop of any of them that I walked into. Cool. I know it's real important to some people. It doesn't matter anything to me, but when I'm taken in by one and I think this is pretty good, then it's got to really be good <laughs> to get my cool. interest. This one, man, they had really cool items in there. Awesome. So definitely go check that okay, one out. Okay, so that's a little perk of visiting yeah. this place. So There's one other thing I want to mention before we close out, or at least end here and close out our show. Uh, how many hours would you estimate to, if you were a going taking your family to dc how many hours would you spend at the library card you could go through if you did not go into the reading room and a lot of people may not because they're going to have younger kids you could go through the whole building probably an hour and a half okay. one building one building. Now, yeah and then to, probably the others since they're going to be more office related and a spillover of the others you're probably going to go through there in a lot less time okay so I mean, right. honestly you could probably visit most of the buildings other than the one over in virginia okay you could probably do it all in two hours yeah or quicker too. I or mean, quicker. Yeah. So yeah. to an adult, yeah. To kids, interested? a lot of times yeah. they're gonna just they don't, and that's what they do, but they're not gonna notice a lot of the stuff that's around them. Right. Um, but to an adult, it will. It made my mouth drop when I just looked around and thought, you know, once again, I also said the same thing with the with the Capitol building. It was amazing. Outside of anything else that's going on politically, when I walked in there, my wife said this to me: When you walk in there, you won't give a darn about who is in office or what's going on right now, you will look around and think, holy cow. I mean, just the historical factor of everything that's gone on there yeah. and the majesty of the building, uh, this is kind of the same thing. You don't care. You don't care. I mean, at some point, it's neat that the old books are in there and that stuff's going on. But when you look at the building itself, it's just, I don't know, it was astounding. Yep. So Cool. Yeah, it's a good place to go. Okay. Have a little break here, and we'll close out the show in just a second. If you want to contact us, you can go to our website and click on the contact page. There we will get in touch with you, or you can just leave some comments for us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. All right. Hope you enjoyed another show from our nation's capital. Well, at least it's our nation's capital. I don't know. I I know we get some hits from outside the United States, but uh, hopefully, I would, it's... Uh, hopefully, I'd be interested in their place. So send me something. Yeah, I don't care. Send me something. Hey, we just talked about England. Send yeah. me something from Parliament. Yeah. I'd be interested. Well, history of I don't know. When it, I, it's all relative. Yeah. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all interesting. So it's still world history, and right. I, I'm interested in that too. So, but anyway. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening this week. We have we just discussed on the break here with uh, Mike's off uh, that we have still quite a few shows to go with uh, Washington, D.C. So if we have not yet hit your favorite attraction or you're looking to hear some stuff, and actually if you're going to go sometime soon and you want us to cover it, let us know. We will do that. Otherwise, we'll just keep going with our list. I think we have about 10 at least more shows to go with that. Probably, yeah. Um, and uh, of, along with all our other things that we will disperse as, like, when holidays come, we'll do different things. We've got a Halloween show we're planning. We've got Christmas shows we'll probably end up doing here. Um, and just, just some different things. But anyway, as usual, we are here and available if you want to contact us about anything. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say that now uh, we have some different emails going on, but that is with our other Disney site, The Mouse Moment. So... We'll announce that when we do a show at the Mouse Moment uh, Disney stuff. Something I want to tell you, uh, keep an eye out if you are interested in any kind of vacationing things. I recently talked to somebody who uses 
Apple Vacations, and they go on this all-inclusive resort thing. It's a really good deal for them. They love it, and it's kind of like a cruise, except you're on the land, and you don't have to pay for anything. It's all-inclusive, so it's a pretty good deal. Um, that, I thought, was a pretty interesting place to vacation. Uh, we maybe eventually will cover one of those places, although we don't have any planned here in the near future. But All-inclusive is great, too, when you're on a budget. Yeah, but we can book those for you if you're interested by calling 1-800-522-3073. Uh, other than that, I say We're done. have a great week, everybody, and thanks so much for checking us out. Get ready to welcome in fall, everyone. Yep. Goodbye. All right, bye. I like to try. This podcast has been brought to you by theseamazingplaces.com. Copyright 2010. Thanks for listening. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to our website and click on the contact page to contact us. Or you can also contact us for some more information. Uh, more information for what? That's what I want to know. Uh, all right. Take two. You know, maybe I should just write this stuff down so I don't forget it all the time. Oh, well. I guess if I did that, we wouldn't have any outtakes.